Welcome to Sophos Security Chit Chat, episode 159 and a half. I'm obviously not Chester, I'm Paul Ducklin, and in this special episode, Chester's on the other side of the microphone, and in fact on the other side of the world, in Las Vegas, currently at DEF CON, he's just finished his time at Black Hat. So, Chester, I know you're busy because you've got a presentation to rush off and see, so let's keep this one short. What was the big vibe at Black Hat USA 2014? Well, I think, you know, we can kind of separate the exhibition from the briefings, right? There's kind of two different vibes to that. The the exhibition being very commercial where all the vendors like us and sponsors have tables and, and literature and staff to explain our products and all these kinds of things. And then, of course, the briefings, which is what the big attraction for most of us technical folks are uh, to go to and, you know, learn from the talks. So I think the vibe at the exhibition hall where the vendors were speaking um, surprisingly was a little different than RSA this year. Usually they're kind of a mirror of one another. Um, RSA couldn't stop talking about threat intelligence, and surprisingly enough at Black Hat, the vibe was all about next-generation endpoint. And being that I've worked uh, in security for nearly 20 years, I was a little taken aback by that because I I study security every day, and I've never really heard of next-generation endpoint. That's an adjective that's used for firewalls, isn't it? Next-gen. But it's a bit of an irony because it's used to describe a technology you can buy right now. So... By definition, it's current generation. Uh, So what is this next generation endpoint? It sounds a little bit like defense in depth to me. Well, I think it's feeding off of a lot of the the wording out there in the industry of, oh, antivirus is dead. So people that are creating things that, in essence, are antivirus products looking to keep malware off your network don't want to call it antivirus because that now has a stigma associated with it. So instead, the next generation uh, endpoint is is a code word for antivirus. And from what I can tell... Um, you know, it, it's, it's largely very similar to anti-spam technology in a way, and that almost all the vendors said, you know, they're, they're assigning a confidence score. And I know if we did that in our antivirus product, it would kind of result, uh, kind of end in tears, you might say, right? Like, we have to be able to very definitively and accurately decide what to allow and what not to allow, because we know that our, our end users aren't really... Um, trained properly to be deciding whether something is malicious or not. And as soon as you start going, it's 62% likely to be bad, what do you do with that file? Absolutely. I mean, really, our approach is that there's stuff which we are almost certain is bad. There's stuff we're almost certain is good. And so one we can block, the other we can allow to run. And the rest is really not something that you want to give a badness score to. It's something you want to help someone decide whether they should allow or not, isn't it? And that could even be something like Solitaire, for example. In in the wrong environment, that's an application you might want to block because, for example, it's a time waster. But there's nothing intrinsically bad about the application. It's just helping somebody understand and control the behaviours that their network can get up to. Yeah, so it's an interesting concept. Some of the vendors are saying it complements existing things and helps close the gap of what's not being detected or or provide additional intelligence to IT staff so they can make better decisions. Um, that may be the case. It's uh, it's a pretty new thing, so we'll see what happens with it. 
Uh, on, on the Black Hat briefing side, uh, interestingly, um, one of the topics that was talked about frequently was not on the Black Hat agenda for once, uh, despite the fact that there was bad USB and airplane hacking and how to avoid uh, TSA screenings, finding your, your weapons and all these kinds of things going on. Uh, a lot of the talk was related back to this $1.2 billion stolen credentials that uh, supposedly some Russian gang has and whether we should panic about it. Oh, the mega hack. My reading of the situation is pretty much this is just an extended view of history. And it just so happened that the announcement was timed to coincide with Black Hat and parlayed into a breach rather than merely the state of play in cybercriminality. They're not the same thing, are they? No, they're definitely not. And I mean, some of it you have to take with a grain of salt when you realize how much of this data was already out there. So, I mean, when you, when you look at the bigger picture with these passwords, we know many of them are already out there and, and are, have been acquired and leaked by a lot of the criminals who stole them. And, you know, hundreds of millions of them have been, uh, uh, been traded, you know, out on the Internet amongst people for, for several years now. So the number sounds really big and scary, but the reality is the impact of this crime has already been happening for a long time and we've already been providing practical sensible advice to people about this situation which is you really have to stop reusing your passwords you really do need to try to make them complex enough that the hashes aren't going to be easy to break and if you need help doing that there's lots of great tools and services out there that can make the job a little easier than memorizing a couple hundred passwords and that's that advice doesn't change and the world didn't change at all just because this news was released i guess what it does remind us and we talked about this in the last podcast, there's no such thing as little old me not important enough. Whether you're an individual at home, just looking after your credit card number and your mother's maiden name, or whether you're a small business. Uh, you know, Even if there's nothing important on your website, the fact that you have a website is of interest to crooks because if they can get the password to log into your website and put in content there, you can host their malware for them, can't you? Yeah, exactly. And we've seen this over and over again. We see so many botnets that, in addition to sending spam, also participate in click fraud and also try to hoover up your stored passwords from Internet Explorer and also, and also, and also, right? How many ever different ways there is a way to make money, they're going to take advantage of it. And, um, you know, securing this stuff is really important. Now, for those of us in the world beyond Black Hat, the gossip, if you like, that's been coming out has suggested that there is a general disquiet about the way that the company that presented this mega breach is going about using the data. Is it not the case that for small businesses, you can sort of pay a fee and then he'll tell you if someone broke in or not? And if someone did break in, then presumably maybe you can pay some more money. The feeling I'm getting remotely is that this is not a good look for the security industry and, and uh, not really the way one should behave. Yeah, it's, it's uh, unusual in that almost every topic you could bring up amongst a, a group of people like we have here, it's always controversial, right? Well, I, I've, I've been in conversations arguing about the color of the sky um, with people at these types of events, and yet I have not found anyone who supports the security firm that uh, broke the news of this leak. Um, everyone has very, they may have varying degrees of cynicism um, or criticism of what's being done, but 
everyone seem somewhat universally is criticizing it going why you know why are you able to basically re-steal the information from some criminals and then sell that as if somehow it's your your property right it's stolen property and selling it uh, is kind of wrong now heartbleed and go to fail got some special awards didn't they last night yes i was just thinking of that the Pony Award-winning go-to-fail and heartbleed vulnerabilities. Uh, I was unable to attend the Pony Awards conference itself, although I've uh, talked to others and, and read up on it, and certainly there was no way heartbleed was going to get away without uh, being included. And I think the, the temptation to choose go-to-fail simply because the code actually said go-to-fail was just too great for the Pony uh, nomination committee to, to resist. Yes, it was, what do you call it, a sort of uh, self-documenting blunder. And of course, uh, it didn't just say go to fail once, it said it twice in a row, which was in fact the bug. Just think that's a good place to end, because uh, I'm conscious of the fact that you want to get back to the talks at DEF CON. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas. Thanks, Duck. I look forward to coming home and sharing uh, any further news as it develops from DEF CON when I'm back next week on next week's Chat Chat. Great. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, we've got plenty more. Just visit us at soundcloud.com slash Sophos Security. Until next time, stay secure.